The last thing we were discussing was a question that Rameh Bar Hama asked. When a Shomer Hinam says something was stolen, and he's obligated to pay double, at what point is he exempt from paying that extra fifth? Is it when he was obligated to pay that extra double, and then he's exempt from the fifth, or is it when he swore... And then he's uh, exempt from the fifth. And the Gemara asked, what are we talking about? So we said, he first said it was stolen, swore on it, and then he changed his mind and said, no, it was uh, lost, and then he swore. Then witnesses came to refute his first swear, the one where he said it was stolen, and he, he said, okay, listen, once I'm caught, I'm caught, and then he admitted about the second swear. Do we say that in the first one, since he's obligated to pay the double, therefore he doesn't have to pay the fifth on the second swear? Or do we say it's two separate things, this one is double, and then the second one, since that swear is not obligating you to pay double, you have to pay a fifth for lying. And with that, we're going to start Kof Hayat Amud Aleph, six lines in, last two words on the line, which says Amarava, now we're on the seventh line. Tashima. If someone saw his friend in the market, and he told his friend in the market, where's my ox that you stole? And he told him, I never stole it. I'm making you swear. And he told him, Amen. That counts as a swear. And if witnesses say that he stole it, carefully has to pay double. And if he admits on his own before the witnesses come, he has to pay principal fifth and a korban Hashem. Now, over here, if you look at this case, it's the witnesses who are, who are obligating him to pay the double. And still, and we're learning that if he admits on his own before the witnesses, he has to pay the extra fifth. But if he admits after the witnesses, he does not have to pay the extra fifth. Now, now if you want to say that his swear that makes him pay double is what exempts him from the fifth. Why is it that if he admits after the witnesses came, he doesn't have to pay the fifth? This swear did not obligate him to pay the double, and therefore, and therefore, he should have to st- he should still have to pay the fifth. Meaning, if his sw- if the idim didn't do anything. It's all about the, the mamon, the, the money that is placed on him, the, when the Betin says he has to pay, when he pays the money. But what the Aidim do is nothing, then when he admits after the Aidim, he should have to pay the fifth. Rather, we have to learn from here that mamon ham haivo kefel potarto mina homish. That mamon, once he's obligated to pay, once it's been said that he has to pay the double, at that point he doesn't have to pay the fifth. Shma mina. Ba'eravina. Ravina now has a question. What would be the case if there's a fifth and double with two men? What would be the case over there? Can the double exempt the fifth? So the Gemara right away asks, what are we talking about? So we said, A person gave his ox to two people. Here, watch my cow. And these were Shomer Hinam, and they said it was stolen. One of them swore and admitted that he lied. The other one swore and witnesses came. My, what would be the halakha? 
Do we say the Torah was specific that one person can't pay a fifth and double? However, when it comes to two people, one person should pay the double, the other person should pay the fifth. Or maybe the Torah was specific on an item that a, that we shouldn't pay on one item, the double and the fifth. And over here also, it's one item. We're not sure how to look at it. Meaning, do we go by the Shomrim who denied it, or do we go by the item? Next, here's another question. If there's two fifths or two doubles, with one person, what would be the halacha? Does he have to pay both doubles or both fifths? So right away the Gemara asks, what's going on? So the Gemara explains, Hashem claimed he got lost, he swore he got lost, and then he admitted that he lied. And then again, before he gave the, th- the item back, again, he said he got lost again, and then he swore on it again, and then he admitted again that he lied. Inami, or same idea, or he claimed it was stolen, he swore, then witnesses came and said it was by you. And then again, he claimed it was stolen, swore, and witnesses came and said, no, you still have it. My, what would be the halakha? Mi amrina, do we say, do we say the Torah was specific that two separate types of money should not be paid on one item, meaning kefel and homish? And over here it's one type of money, it's either both fifth or both a double. Or do we say two payments should not be on one item? And over here also it's two payments. It could be two double, two fifths, whatever it is. And the Gemara ends off. It's fifths you should add on it. It sounds like it's plural. There's a, more than one fifth. The Torah said it's possible to pay more than just one one fifth on one on one item. Meaning it could be it could happen a few times. Shmamina that yes, if a person lied twice and he admitted twice, you'd have to pay a fifth twice and you'd have to pay a double twice. Next. We're going to learn if Shomer Hinam claims something was stolen. The owner takes him to court. The person says, you know what, I'm not swearing. Here's the money. Leave me alone. I'm not swearing. At that point, the owner gives off all the rights of the stolen item to the Shomer. And if if we find the thief and he has to pay double, it goes to the Shomer. So the question here is as follows. If the owner makes a claim on the Shomer, brings him to court, and the Shomer swears that it was stolen, and now at that point he's patur, he's done. Now, veshilem, this word veshilem is huge because we're saying that the even though he doesn't have to pay, he paid anyways. He wants to be a tzaddik, he wants to pay. And then they found the thief, who gets the double? Meaning, if he just swore, it goes to the owner. If he just paid, it goes to the Shomer. Here, he swore, exempted himself, and he was nice by paying. So, Abaye says, the double goes to the original owner. It goes to the Shomer. It was by him. 
Abaye says it belongs to the, the, the original owner because Kevan once he brought him and he made him swear, at that point, since you drove me crazy and you, you made me take you to bed, at that point, I'm not giving you the double. You you will get your money back, but not the double. It goes to whoever has the item. Because at the end of the day, once he got his money, that's it. He got the entire thing and he acquires even the double. And their mahloket is trying to figure out the, the, this Mishnah. The Tanan, if someone deposits an animal or or utensils by his friend, they got stolen or lost. If Toshomer pays, doesn't want to swear. Because we said that Shomer Hinam, all you have to do is swear and he can just walk out without paying anything. But no, he wanted to pay him. If we found the thief, the thief has to pay double. And if he slaughtered it, sold it, he has to pay times four, times five. Who does he pay? Whoever has the the item, meaning whoever was holding it last, which is the Shomer. If he swore and he didn't want to pay and we found the thief, he has to pay double. If we found the thief and he stole it, slaughtered it, he has to pay times four, times five. Who does he pay to? The Baal Pekalun to the original owner. Abaye Dayek Meresha, Rabad Dayek Mesefa. Abaye. He got his halacha that we said everything goes to the original owner from the, the beginning of that Mishnah. And Rava, he learned his halacha that it goes to whoever is holding it to the Shomer from the end of that Mishnah. Abaye learns it from the beginning because it says, He paid and didn't want to swear. The whole reason is because he didn't want to swear. Hanishba, but if he did swear, even though if he paid afterwards, to the original owner. That's how he understood it. From the end of the Mishnah, it says, if he swore and didn't want to pay, it's because he didn't want to pay. But if he did pay, even though he swore, whoever was holding it last, now, according to Abaye, the end is a problem. It says in the Sefa, if he swore and didn't want to pay, all the money goes to the original owner. Now, according to Abaye, even if he pays after the swear, that's it. At that point, the Shomer won't get the double. So, Abaye will explain the Sefa. This is how to explain the Sefa. If someone swore and didn't want to pay before the swear, but he only wanted to pay after the swear, what does he pay? To the original owner. So now, the Rabbah, Kashiarisha. Now, according to Rabbah, the first part where it says, He paid and didn't want to swear. It's a problem on Rabbah. According to Rabbah, at the end of the day, if you pay, you got the double, even if it's after you swore. So, this is the way to explain the Rasha, Shilem. If he paid, and didn't want to stand by his swear, meaning he already swore and he didn't like it. Rather, he wants to pay. Who does the, the thief pay the double to? Whoever has the picadon, meaning to the to the person who was stolen from the Shomer. Here's another question. 
if the owner of the item made a claim against the Shomer. So give me back the animal of Anishma. And the Shomer swore, and that's it, at that point doesn't have to pay anymore, we found out who the thief was. Tevao Shomer. Now, the Shomer made a claim against the Ganav. He said, hey, you stole this uh, this thing I was watching. And the thief admitted. And then the original owner brings that thief to, to court and he makes a claim on him and the thief denies it. And the owner brings witnesses that he stole. Do we say that the Ganav, he's exempt from paying any fines because he already admitted to the Shomer? Or do we say, whatever he admitted to the Shomer doesn't count because the Shomer already swore and got himself out of the picture. And since he's not in the picture, when you admit it to him, it's like admitting to, to nobody. It doesn't even count. And therefore, you still have to pay the fines. So Amar if the Shomer swore and he was saying the truth, meaning he said it, there was some sort of honest, it was stolen, it got lost, and it was stolen or lost. The Ganav is exempt from paying any fines because he admitted to the Shomer, meaning obviously the Shomer is an honest person, and when he swore to the original owner, if he's a truthful person, the show, the original owner would want him to continue his uh, shemira, his watching of the item. He's he believes he's on his side, and therefore, if the thief admits to the shomer, it's like admitting to the original owner. However, in but let's say the shomer lied. Even something as simple as he said the theft was through some sort of crazy honest and it ended up being just a regular theft, nothing crazy. At that point, the ganav is not exempt from fines with what he admitted to the to the shomer because at that point, the original owner sees that the shomer is a liar. He's not an honest person. If he's not an honest person, I can't trust him. And therefore, he's not on my side anymore. He's not just an extension of myself. And therefore, when the thief admitted to him, he just admitted to, to nobody. Now, based on that, if the Shomer got up to swear, and everyone knew he was lying, and the owner said, you know what, I'm not having this. Stop it, don't swear in, in court, not loud, Hashem's name, no no swearing, right? What would be the halacha if the thief then comes to the Shomer and admits to him? Do we say that, look, at the end of the day, he's still believed by the owner since uh, he was never proven as a liar. And therefore, when the Ganav admits the Shomer, it, it counts. Or do we say, listen, w- once the owner sees that this person was willing to lie on their oath, he doesn't trust him anymore. And therefore, when the thief admits the Shomer, it doesn't count. And the Gemara says, take over, we're not sure. Rav Kana Matnehachi. Rav Kana taught the following back and forth, uh, like we just explained. However, Rav Tabiume Matnehachi. Rav Tabiume explained it as follows: Let's say the Shomer lied under oath. What's the halacha? Do we say he's still considered a Shomer, and therefore, if the thief admits to him, it counts? Or do we say that, uh, no, you, you're a liar, and you're not a shomer anymore, the person doesn't want your shmirah. I think my hands off, Tiko, we're not sure. Here's another question. If the owners made a claim on the shomer, 
can you please give back the animal? Veshilem and the Shomer said, "You know what? I'm not. I'm not swearing. Here's the money. Leave me alone." Vehu karaganav, and we found out who the thief was. Tevau be'alim vihoda, and the original owner brought him to court, and he admitted about the the theft. And then Tevau Shomer vechafar, and then the Shomer brought the thief to court, and the thief uh, denied it. Vehevi aidim, and the Shomer brought witnesses. Niftar ganav behodaat be'alim olo. Do we say that when the thief admitted to the original owner that counts and therefore he's exempt from paying all uh, all the doubles and fifths, whatever he has to do, or not? Do we say that the shomer could tell the original owner atun kevan de shaklitu lechu deme istaliktu lechu Do we say, look, once you got uh, your money? Meaning the shomer is telling the owner, once you got your money, get out of here. You're not part of this whole situation, and therefore I get my double. Or maybe the owner could tell him, The same way you did me a favor, you watched my animal, I'm also doing you a favor, I'm trying to find the lost item. We got what we got from you, now you get the, the item from the, 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 the thief. And uh, there's no double over here, meaning we're on the same side. And they go, and Zohar of Tiku, we're not sure. We're not sure how to look at it. Are they on the same side or that's it? They have been separated. Next, Itmar. It was said, Nigeneva be honest. Let's say they, uh, the item was uh, stolen, but through an honest armed robbery. And we found out who the thief was. And it's one of those easy things where the Shomer just comes up to the Ganav, takes his item back, and that's it. Amar im shomer hinamu, if it's shomer hinam we're dealing with, then then the shomer hinam has an option. He could do a judgment with the original owner, meaning just pay him for the item and then go get the item from the thief. Or he could swear, listen, there was an honest, not my fault, and uh, you go deal with the ganav. So he has an option, he can do whatever he wants. Now, Im Shomer Sachar, who, if he's a Shomer Sachar, he was a paid watchman, he could only pay the original owner and go get the item. He doesn't have this cop-out option by swearing. Meaning, this is the reason you're a Shomer Sachar. This is the reason you're a paid watchman. Is So anything like this happens, you have to actually go get it. So you're responsible. So yes, technically, it, there was an honest over here and you're free from honest. But since you know how to get it, this is why you were paying you, is that you, sh- you should be able to go get it. Now, Rabba held, it doesn't make a difference if he's a Shomer Sachar Shomer Hinam, if he knows who the thief is, you pay for the item and go get the, and go get the item from the thief, and, and you can't just pay and get out of it. So now, it sounds like Rabba, who said that he always pays and there's no cop-out ap- option, it sounds like Rava argues on Rav Huna Baravin. Why the Shalach Rav Huna Baravin? Rav Huna Baravin sent the Halakha. Nigeneva be'ones ve'hukar ha'ganav. If it was stolen with an honest armed robbery, and we found out who the thief was, im shomer hiram hu, if it was a shomer hiram ratzah, or say, imodin ratzah nishba, he can pay for the item, go get it himself, or he could swear and cop, and cop out. Ve'im shomer sachar, when if he was a shomer sachar, or say, imodin ve'eno nishba. He has to pay for it, no swearing. Now the fact that we're differentiating between Shomer Hinam and Shomer Sachar, it sounds like Rav Huna Baravin says exactly like Abaye. So Amalach Rav Rabba would explain, What are we talking about in that case of Rav Huna Baravin? We're talking about where the, the Shomer swore before we found out who the thief was. 
Ah, but the Gemara asks, But didn't it say that he has the option of paying or swearing? Meaning, we he didn't swear yet. So the Gemara explains, This is what Rav Huna Baravin was trying to say, The Shomer Hinam has an option. He could stand by, swear, and say, Listen, I swore, leave me alone, you go deal with it yourself. Or he can pay for it and go get it himself. The small Rabbah, I guess a later generation Rabbah, asked the question as follows. If the item was stolen, again, armed robbery, and the thief gave it back to the Shomer, and then it died through a negligence. Mahu, what's the halacha? Do we say once it was stolen with an honest? That's it. He's out of the picture. The shomer is not a shomer any, anymore. And therefore, if anything happens afterwards, even a negligence. Or maybe once the thief returned the item, the shomer's shmirah came back, meaning that he became a shomer again. We're not sure. Next, Mishnah. Hechan pikdoni. If someone tells uh, someone, "Listen, I gave you an item. Where is it?" Where Amar Abad and the Shomer said he got lost. I'm making you swear. Ve Amar Amen. The man said, "Amen," meaning I swear. Ve Ha'idim Ma'idim Oto She'achalo. And witnesses are saying that he ate it. Meshalem Keren. He only has to pay for the principal. Hoda Me'atzmo. If he admitted on his own, Meshalem Keren Ve'Homesh Ve'Hashem. Then he has to pay. Principle fifth plus a uh, korban asham for swearing uh, in, falsely. And now, if he t- said, Hechad Pigdoni, where's my uh, item that I deposited by you? Amar lo nigenav, and the shomer said it got stolen. Mashbi'acha ani, I'm making you swear, ve'amar amen. Ve'aidim ma'idin oto shigenavo, and the witnesses are saying that he, the shomer himself is the one who stole it. Mishalim to shlomi kefal, he has to pay double because he stole Hodam me'atzmo, if he admitted on his own. Mishalim keren v'chomesh v'asham, he has to pay Principle, fifth, and a korban Hasham. HaGozel Taviv, someone stole from his father, Venishbalo, and he swore that he didn't steal, Umet, and the father died. And then this child went to Betin and said, listen, I I admit that I stole it, and I lied under oath. So this person has to end up paying uh, the principal, a fifth, and the korban asham to his father's inheritors, even though he's part of them, uh, either his, his his father's brothers or his father's children, meaning his, his other brothers, even if they're half-brothers. Bottom line is he has to pay money to the pot in order to get his teshuvah. Now, if this person is not interested in doing the mitzvah the full way, meaning I'm not uh, wasting my time on moving the money from one pocket to the other, or she doesn't have money, so he borrows the money from someone, whatever he stole, and puts it back into the pot, and then the creditors are going to uh, get their money back from his part of the pot. So let's say there's three brothers, He uh, so he puts back the money into the pot, and now they split the inheritance into three, for example. So the creditors, who he borrowed money from to put the money back into the pot, are going to come take from his third. If a person told his son, I vow that you cannot have any benefit from my my possessions. If the father dies, the son is allowed to inherit his father's possessions because at that point it does not belong to the father anymore. 
Behayav Ubmoto, but if the father vowed you can never have any benefit from my items and not uh, and not while I'm alive, not while I'm dead, Imet if the father dies, the son cannot have any benefit from the assets, and he has to give back the children or his brothers his part, and if he doesn't have anything to eat, then then he borrows money from other people and eats. And the creditors come and take uh, from his part in the in the pot. So what he'll do is as follows: Let's say the pot is uh, worth ten. His and his uh, part comes out to be two. So he'll borrow two from someone, and those that someone will come and take two from the pot. This way, he's not actually taking from his father's assets. And Tosfot Red explains that this cannot be a full uh, vow. It's only a humrah de Rabbanah. It's not a full vow because you cannot take away from someone something that Torah gave him. The Torah gave this person the inheritance. And even though you're a father and you want to take it away, you can't really fully take it away. So since you want to take it away, fine, no problem. The Rabbanan made a loophole over here on your loophole. And they said that he could borrow and someone could come and take it from the pot. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.